we pass each other in a bar or something. In the same room, exactly. I would love to exchange business cards with you. All this to say, this is just an <laughs> excuse to get us close enough that next time we see each other, we can press paper. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, my God. Before quarantine, I printed a thousand business cards, and I just haven't been able to give them to anybody. <laughs> And, you know, you don't have that phone number or address anymore, so they're totally worthless. <laughs> Is this the order of the the games that we're going to talk about? No, we can we can do it, whatever. But also, I've got a great joke. You know, your your business card said, um, Eric, never been in quarantine, Roth, and now they're completely worthless. <laughs> that is a great joke. Welcome to Bundle Buddies. This is a podcast where we play through the itch.io bundle for racial justice and equality. My name is Alex Honneth, by himself this week for the holiday. Uh, the itch.io bundle for racial justice and equality was launched in June 2020 due the massive outcry for racial justice following George Floyd's murder by police. It has 1,741 items from 840 plus creators and it raised over $8 million. All proceeds were donated to the NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund as well as the Community Bail Fund. This is episode 42, and we have played 119 of the 1,365 games in the bundle. Thank you for joining us today. Guys, just Alex here. Um, Eric and I were in separate states for uh, the holiday this past uh, week, 4th of July national holiday. Not much to celebrate in the national scene of the United States, but that is life. Eric was playing board games in Indianapolis. I'm sure we'll hear all about it next week. I was in Tennessee for our little cousin's, um, not cousin, geez, my little nephew's birthday. It's his one-year birthday um, for my wife's uh, nephew. That's it, guys. We've got a great guest this week. Uh, he is Grayson Davis. He's the third part of Adventure Tuesdays with past guests Ben Vigian and Sarah Shockey. He's a great guy and a fellow Nintendork, which we alluded to last time. We chat about all kinds of stuff, but mostly it's nice to have on a tried-and-true uh, indoor kid, just like uh, <laughs> the way I was growing up. Um, so it's fun to hear about that. Uh, his cause is the Okra Project, a collective that seeks to address the global crisis faced by black trans people by bringing home-cooked, healthy, and culturally specific meals and resources to black trans people wherever they can reach them. Check them out at www.theokraproject.com or at The Okra Project on Twitter. We've donated to them, and if you donate and send proof to BundleBuddiesPodcast at gmail.com, we will shout you out on the show. Um, because it's just me, and I don't have the capability to make the kind of banter I do when Erica's here, let's hop right into it, shall we? I uh, hope you guys had restful vacations if you're able to take it off, um, and that you uh, kept any dogs that you love out of harm's way and indoors away from the fireworks. Okay, enjoy this very fun episode. <laughs> I mean, uh, Alex sent me the notes, uh, and yeah, I mean, I like, yeah, like, I obviously, uh, I think Sarah and or Ben said, you know, I asked them how what it was like, and they're like, it's really fun. You should go on it. So, did you listen to their episode ahead of time? Uh, I listened to part of it. I don't oh. remember if I finished it actually. Oh um, my god! Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna isolate that audio and send it right to him. Yeah, we t- they're long episodes. I don't blame you. <laughs> it's too long. We're try- Alex is trying to shorten everything up. I know, but it's so much work. Do you do any podcasts or anything like that, Grayson? Uh, I do not. It's mostly mostly the streaming stuff with Ben mm. and Sarah, and then because obviously that's at least once a week, and and for a while, and we uh, Ben likes to do one on Friday, and we'll see how long that that was like a great thing during quarantine. Oh, so like, nice. You know, but now it's like I don't know how long it will be before like it's like sorry I'm I'm in the real world on Friday night. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um. Do you so so uh, 
you want to video like games to, yeah hit us hit us with the deets would you like to introduce yourself who who are you what do you do yeah sure uh my name is my name is grayson uh i live in new york uh i do you know uh kind of my the main sort of fun thing i like to do is i do the adventure tuesday stream with ben and sarah uh in my day to day i'm a copy editor which is very boring uh-huh. it's like <laughs> The most bore it's like kind of creative adjacent, but it's like the most boring thing adjacent to creative work. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's about the long and short. Well, let's make sure that we like really talk about copy editing, a t- like just really <laughs> try to divert any sort of conversation that we have that feels like it's going in a fun direction to like copy editing <laughs> today. Um, do you have a so we like to talk about kind of like, um, you know, sort of formative game experiences uh, mm-hmm. from growing up. Do you have any early game memories at all? I, my 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 household was a very big video game household, and oh, cool. I don't know if this is true for younger younger people, Zoomers, I guess they're called. But uh, at my age, I'm of the age where when you grew up, you were a Nintendo or a Sega household. Uh-huh. Like oh my god you know. yes recurring conversation on this podcast absolutely uh, so uh we were for whatever reason a nintendo household Woo! Um, so i remember like I, like I have very some of my earliest memories are like just mario like just like vague images of mario uh <laughs> i remember being in the car when my, my i have two older brothers i remember being in the car when we went to play mario 3 and just like just like a very young age just having a, a memory of the excitement in the car of like holy shit it's mario 3 which <laughs> <laughs> uh, that game uh, ruled i mean mario 3 like ruled yeah like yeah it, it it just sort of like surpassed i feel like what like video games were up until that point you know what i mean like mario just like early mario is like fun delightful great right like great mm-hmm. and incredible but mario 3 was like there's the map like the graphics looked incredible you know just sort of like the things you could do the tanuki suit stuff like it just was like it felt like a level up in terms of like video games period yeah it still has a really like Mm -hmm. i mean it still has the like um uh it has that kind of like stage aesthetic where like things are almost like prop like the worlds are almost all like props on a stage right they're like cast a little shit like that like that still looks so good that like nintendo used that same basic idea for Mar- the mario maker series yeah like uh so like it's still like a really good looking game it's still really fun and obviously it's like it's huge right it's got a million worlds and uh just like oh yeah all sorts i've of never I played it. that one I played that one on Mario Super Mario All-Stars from the Super yeah. Nintendo. So there's so much of that game that is just like I have complete muscle memory around, you know, like I can pick it up and like instantly know. Mm-hmm. I would just spend so much time fucking around in that thing, trying to get as many hammer suits as possible, like in my inventory. <laughs> you know? It's also the like uh, the first time I remember like people telling me like the magic flute stuff, right? Like the first time I remember people telling me secrets about the game right like mm-hmm. it, which was the only way that you could could have sort of you know like communicate like everything now very much exists on the internet and so like it's one of those mm-hmm. first times of like somebody being like if you duck behind like the you know whatever the white block you fall down and you're behind the thing and when i did that i was like <gasps> what is this like there's like <laughs> There's like video games already felt like this like secret world that I only I had, you know, that was like I had like a little piece of something that like my family didn't have. Right. You know, and then like inside of that is another secret world like yeah that that just was like. That's something so interesting, Eric, because I think about those early games and I've never you're articulating something that I, I don't know if we've ever talked about on the podcast, but like the difference between games then and now specifically like they're so big now. It's like you're living an immersive sort of virtual experience in it, but that almost feels less magic or, or interesting or, or um, more it. So I'm trying to like like those old games felt more real 
because they were less real, if that makes sense. Like, because you could project so much more stuff on it. And it's like a piece of media that's so much more interesting to me, you know, where you can, there's room for you, you as opposed to something where it's all been explained and like dictated out. And like you, you are like living a simulated experience as opposed to playing a game, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, part of it is also that like they're designed for like a different audience, like an older audience. uh, Children. (laughs) The the old games were designed for children and now they have to appease very angry people. Yeah. Who just like only want to live like some sort of weird, like, you know, second existence um, where they can like, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, I I do think it it is. I don't know what it's like. I think, I think the idea that like old games have these secrets is it, that you just couldn't know about unless you someone told you about it or you paid for the twenty dollars strategy guide or whatever. Or you saw it on the wizard, you right? Know. <laughs> uh, I, and like I don't like is that good or bad? I don't know, but it certainly is like a feeling that you don't have anymore. And yeah. it's, it's funny, like because I grew up playing Mario so much, and when the Mario Maker games came out, those were just like exactly my shit. That was like mm. I like. I was exactly the target audience for that. Just like a big dork who loves Mario, who, you know, if you had given this to me when I was 10, I would have like never, ever left my house. for it. <laughs> um, and, and when I have made Mario maker levels, it is, I have this urge to like populate them with little secrets, like going like, you know, like put a little block, like a secret block here or put like a little, a little alternate path here. Just cause like that's, that to me is, is what I remember really liking about those games is 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 the exploration and the discovery that you would just kind of stumble upon and it would be like absolute absolute mind blowing news to you because you would have where would you have learned about this before except stumbling on it yourself yeah so w- when it comes to Mario Maker like I have to admit that is it's a big uh, blind spot in my Nintendo like understanding because i you know the, the first one came out on what wii u or was it dead, yeah yeah and that was you know i don't i wasn't paying any attention to nintendo at that time because i'm capricious with my love <laughs> um but like so you heard about it and we're just like this is my shit i can't wait did you have a wii u when it came out i did i was amazing so, yeah i was like obviously the wii u was not a an enormous commercial success um and it's what has allowed nintendo to just re-release a bunch of wii u games on the switch did you say we we released we released (laughs) it has a wow nintendo to we (laughs) will sorry Uh, but yeah no that was (laughs) it that that's a sad thing it wasn't a pun it's a speech impediment so please uh, (laughs) wow good yeah please keep going grayson (laughs) you had an actual Uh, point you were making (laughs) i mean barely my point is i like mario (laughs) Um, but no it was it was definitely like i just as soon as the trailer for that dropped it was just like okay yeah this is 100 what i'm what i'm into uh because i'm i like i like it's why I've never been somebody, I've never been like an actual, someone who actually puts out mods or fan made, like fan games or anything that people play. Mm-hmm. I never finish them, but like anytime a game has like a level editor or like a custom thing in it, I just, it just is like a little toy box. Oh, yeah. Like just, Do you remember like the first one of those you came across that you really flipped out over? Um, did you guys ever play? These used to be really in vogue, um, like the kind of like interactive cartoon makers. Like you, sure. it, it would be like you get like a. Like I remember one for like Spider Man. You have a bunch of Spider Man sprites, yes. or yes. the Simpsons one. I remember the Whoa. Simpsons one. I really liked, um, and those were just. I've I've I can only imagine how incomprehensible <laughs> my like quote unquote <laughs> movies were at the time. Yeah. Um, but I just, I mean, they're almost literally like the video game equivalent of a toy box. Yeah. yeah. Here's a bunch of figures that you can click and drag and move around. Uh, I remember Tony Hawk pro skater two had a level making, uh, thing, which was, which like was awesome. Right. Like not only was, was, were those games just, they felt so like exciting and freeing. And then it was like, and now you can just like put your own half pipes in like whatever, you know, order you'd like. Right. Or like you can do this, like you can make crazy ramps that just launch you across, like as far as you possibly could. And my brother, especially my brother just spent so much time in those places. And it's so fun. I, we had a, um, 
we had a guest on a while ago who who got into design and and like tony hawk pro skater 2 was kind of like their entry point right like being Mm -hmm. able to make you know kind of those decisions got them into game design Mm -hmm. uh and it's just yeah that interactivity is so is so fun I'd like to have the kind of patience to be able to do that. I mean, even when you're talking about like the software for computers, you know, that idea of like the kids creativity, make a movie kind of thing. Like I I needed it to be a little more kinetic. You know, I wasn't Mm -hmm. interested in the idea of like being able to tell stories with something else. I wanted the story told to me, which just goes to show that I'm like an incredible consumer of media and not a good producer of it. Which is why a podcast like this is perfect because it's sort of <laughs> passive creation. You know, I consume to create kind of a thing. Were you the do you, what? Do you, oh, go, sorry, were you the type ahead. of kid that um that like knocked other kids like block towers over? Like, did you kick over people's sand castles growing up? No, I mean I was a very much like a like a soft nerd uh, <laughs> as a kid and still am. But um, it was definitely like, uh, uh, but I will. I was like, you know, I think maybe connected to that like I, like a lot of kids were you know i was like we, we were a lego household we loved legos um and i mean yeah. legos and yeah. nintendo you guys are my kind of family <laughs> sounds great. uh and now all that stuff is it's it's funny I, I as an adult i have like i said i never like completed anything i was never somebody who was like my goal is to make like a game and release it i just like these little toolkits that these games will come with yeah and as an adult i still like those but like my willingness to spend much time on them has like formative my oh, like attention completely. span for yeah, it. yeah. It's just, they're fun to they're fun to kind of toodle around in but uh yeah i'm even farther away from ever finishing a project with one of those things <laughs> um so okay so you got you had nintendo did you then go to super nintendo we did we had the whole we we had the whole uh you just climbed lineage nintendo mountain yeah do you have like an unbroken chain? Have you owned everything that, other than like the DS stuff? Uh, I think I've owned every Nintendo console except the Virtual Boy. Wow. Including handhelds. Whoa, Virtual Boy. Uh, that was like Virtual Boy was the like early VR headset thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was like it had like three games on it, and they weren't particularly good, and the VR wasn't incredible. No. And if I remember correctly, like it was like you should shouldn't let children stare into like bright wet red laser beam goggles all day. (laughs) A true, a true disaster. I saw a kid playing on an airplane one time and I was so jealous. I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe it. I remember, I don't know if I ever, I feel like I may have tried the virtual boy once, right? Cause a friend had it. And then maybe like Sega or th- there was some other attempt at like a VR like in the 90s thing and I just remember both like my experiences with either of those things are so vague but they were very much like I put the headset on and had absolutely no idea what was going like just was not sure what I was supposed <laughs> to be focusing on like what the game was supposed to be like it makes sense that those things just sort of like evaporated immediately because i like it was just sort of like even my memory of it is vague (laughs) like when it should be like this immersive kind of like amazing experience it was just sort of like it was no not really not my thing it was very much you i don't want to call it ahead of its time because it was like it was so it was so bad (laughs) it was so bad right (laughs) but like it is it it, because it really has been like only until the last couple of years mm-hmm. has there been like consumer VR stuff that is pretty good that like you could, you know, um, and that's another, I mean, that's something that I, I, with some friends, we got into that over quarantine because it was a very, it was a nice little one. It's, it's like, finally you can buy like VR headsets and they're not a trillion dollars and they're actually games for them and stuff. Yeah. Totally. What, and which, uh, which one do you have? I recently got, uh, the, the quest two that's the the facebook one oculus quest two um and uh it, and it was really good over quarantine because it was you're cooped up all the time and so you could kind of like have the sensation of being somewhere else at least uh totally uh and you could kind of like hang out with people who you otherwise would only be texting with or chatting with or something yeah uh are there any good any good games on there uh, I guess it depends on what you're into. There are 
the the there are a couple of like social games that are pretty stupid in the sense that like <laughs> you're just there so we 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 would play uh vr chat um i played this with ben in fact where it's kind of like a second life situation cool but, uh, you know you're in, in vr and so but it's it's because it's it, but it's like second life in all the ways second life is like second life where it's like it's been taken over by like people with weird sexual fetishes and <laughs> there's a bunch of like custom avatars that you can get that range from like kind of funny but like like you could be like what's this uh peter griffin or something stupid like that uh-huh. or you could be like a sexy cat girl uh-huh. or combinations of those things sometime <laughs> um you can kind of like go to like these little worlds which are sort of the equivalent of chat rooms like it's like let's meet here and talk and interact and some of those are like clubs or like a cool apartment or something yeah and then, uh, and then other ones are just like we went to a completely recreated mcdonald's uh, well, why i don't know uh, <laughs> so that one is as fun i guess it's as much fun as you would have being stupid with your friends which i guess is a lot for a lot of people uh-huh. totally um how long do you feel like it took you to get like because i think so much of that would just be getting comfortable enough in the app that it was like not like you could actually interact with the world around you and with them and not have to think about it too much did that take a while to get sort of up to speed there it's it's a little bit there's like getting your sea legs a little bit totally one is like your your brain doesn't like it at first because it's obviously you visually it all makes sense but obviously like the movement isn't quite right and your brain doesn't like that uh, different people have, I guess, different. Some people, it's it's they get more motion sickness, or some people get less. And then obviously, there's just kind of getting familiar with like moving around and interacting with stuff, and in in the way the game wants you to do it. Um, that my only experience with VR, I played Skyrim one time in a VR yeah. headset, and the movement made me really dizzy. Or like, yeah. you know, like the default in there is that it like jumps you around places as opposed to like letting you move through it. But just moving through it with all that, without your body moving, really like fucked me up. It's crazy. I played a, it's, it's it's something a game where um, I was like a spaceman jumping from asteroid to asteroid. But as you jumped, mm-hmm. your body would rotate like upside down <laughs> and land, yeah. and that would be your new like positioning. And so I. Th- felt like I was spinning around, but my, my actual body was like, so anchored to the ground that it, after like a couple minutes of that, I like legit felt sick. And it, it's like, true. it's like truly impressive how your brain is like on one hand, so convinced about your position. And on the other hand, just truly, truly bewildered. And it's just like, yeah. and the risk, like the response is just like, I am sick now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's one of those things where it, i i I think vr is really fun but like it is one of those things where like if you're gonna try it you have to commit for a second you have to be like uh-huh. all right your first foray into it might be a little rough mm-hmm. uh but like if you like it just like let your like take a break don't throw up and then come back to it later and it'll eventually kind of sort itself out i i'd be great if, it'd be great if our bodies made made you feel good in that <laughs> you know what i mean instead of getting sick it's like oh yeah tingle. oh yeah, yeah this is nice. i sent camille a uh, my wife camille a uh, video of somebody doing like a skydivey kind of thing and just straight up jumping headfirst into their television oh, and smashing yeah. their tv <laughs> and she she like loved it in a way that made me <laughs> feel bad like she was like <laughs> i truly love this in like you don't understand how much i appreciate it and and i think it's just sort of like from ha- her having to like spend quarantine with me playing so much rocket league and apex legends she's just like i uh-huh. just want you to jump your head through the television right now please <laughs> uh do you have like a like a favorite all-time game grayson oh god uh I mean, the one that immediately jumps to mind, and maybe this is like ninety percent nostalgia, but if it is, I don't care. <laughs> is uh, is Mario sixty four? Like that sure. was the like, I can still fire that up and just play it for hours. I did, like I did. I when Nintendo re released it, I was like, here you go, here's sixty dollars, like, <laughs> or however much it cost, uh, and immediately just played through the entire thing again. I love that. That that I mean, yeah, that game is Mario sixty four was one of those ones. The N64 is is maybe 
the one I have the most nostalgia for that yeah. is like that like I think if I picked it up again, I don't know if I'd love it as much because I, I, I like Mario 64 a lot, but when Banjo-Kazooie came out, I was like, oh, this game rips <laughs> to me. Like I, That game really made a lot of sense, and I, I played a ton of it. Um, but the, all the 64 games, man, those games, they, I think, have aged so much better than so many PlayStation games, you know, because the graphics weren't going for, like, total realism. Yeah, yeah. Even I, I guess even something like Goldeneye where it's like, the graphics now look like shit, but the gameplay was so revolutionary that you didn't care at all. You know, it was just like everything was so well made comparatively. I wonder there's how. Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say there's, there's definitely somebody. Some, some, I remember talking to a friend once who didn't like grow up with this stuff, and he played Mario sixty four, and he just thought it looked like like a weird toy box nightmare. He was like, <laughs> it's all like it's all like low poly squares and triangles, and he's just like, this looks so. He described it almost like a scary game. <laughs> like, um, but I do think, I mean, yeah, a lot of those games, it, I mean, it's, it's it, uh, I mean, some of the games we played for, for this episode harken back to that style, mm -hmm. right? Where it's like, there is something appealing to it, I think, outside of the nostalgia appeal. Like, there is a, 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 a design to some of those games that just looks good independent of the time it was made. Um, like, Banjo-Kazooie still looks like it's like colorful and fun. You know, yeah. it's still it's still got fun characters and it's still fun to run around. Well, and the fact that it was like console and so they had limitations to work within. So they still had mm -hmm. 3D graphics, but they could never make things like hyper realistic or super duper huge they where they could on, you know, CDs. Mm -hmm. So like the this the efforts on CD games, CD based games, I think to make things look at like as real as you possibly could now are sort of like laughable a little bit versus right. like Nintendo being like, look, we're, this is what you got. We we kind of goofed on this generation by sticking with console, you know, like in terms of what people want a little bit, you know, what it turns mm -hmm. out like a serious gaming community is looking for. Having said that, like this is, you know, these are the brushes you're painting with. And I I think it's stronger as a result. I don't know. I, I felt like everything on there looks still looks pretty cool. I mean, yeah, that first do you guys remember playing Star Fox for the first like Star Fox 64 for the first time? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. And sure. like feeling like it was just like the realest, coolest thing in the world. And now if you look back <laughs> at it, it's like, oh, you're like flying like a letter W. Like you're not. It's right. just like, I don't know. That first time. Uh, that was also one of the first uh, the first games that you could play co-op and like. No, not really one of the first games you can play co-op. I don't know what you're talking. I'm talking about, but one of the first games I remember playing co-op in this sort of like 64-bit world and just being like, mm -hmm. mm. I have a very specific memory of when I lived in Japan. We went to the Tower Records in Shibuya one time, and we were on like the video game floor, and they had a console set up with Star Fox 64, just the battle on like the snow base against uh, Star Wolf, oh, yeah. you know, and that whole crew. And I played that over and over again for like 45 minutes. <laughs> like it was in Japanese. I couldn't, I didn't understand a single fucking thing that was happening or what I was supposed to do, but I sort of figured it out, did it over and over again. That was great. And then the other thing they had was like some Echo the Dolphin game that I don't think I've ever seen since where it's just like disco music and he's like flying through space and Whoa. like like all of like weird lights and shit like that sort of like the oh. thing from uh, it and I, I was like i don't even know what i'm supposed to be doing but i'm having a blast in this too <laughs> I love a formative memory thing. that was the good thing sega would eventually put out just like the weirdest sega games were way mm -hmm. weirder than the weirdest nintendo games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just completely. like it's just like this makes absolutely no fucking sense yeah <laughs> Well, even down to like the, you know, the Yakuza games now that are just like so strange. That's Sega, right? Like those are all those games, the Yakuza games. I don't know. I'm pretty sure. But uh, let me. God, I hope I'm right. <laughs> Have you ever played any of those, Grayson? No, I've heard they're really fun. I, I think in my in my head, I remember like seeing them and I was like, oh, this is like kind of a it just looks like a you run around, you beat people up. But like then I heard they're more than that they're fun and they're yeah really they're, there's like, like there's some critical consensus about it lately that i've heard it's like i felt the same way where i was like i don't want to play grand theft auto what you're right like, yeah a japanese you know badass kind of a thing and now it's like no 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 there is a <laughs> lot of weird shit going on underneath the hood here cool um 
I know. I'm excited to play it. Eric, let's go. This is new, new tradition. Instead of Bundle Buddies, I'll come over on Sundays and we'll play Yakuza for two hours. Wait, so are and... we canceling the podcast? Is this the last one? Yep, this is it. This is the last wow. one. Wow. All right, cool. Okay. I know. All right, Grayson, you better you better fucking bring it for the second half <laughs> yeah. of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, you guys better get ready for Yakuza cast coming. <laughs> Never. Roll! Okay, folks, we played three games this week. Falling Skies, Hollowhead, and Hatch. Why don't we start with Falling Skies? From Thomas09 Games, an action shooter 2D arcade bullet hell pixel pixel art retro shoot 'em up game built in Unity. Description, Falling Skies is a modern take on the old classic Asteroids shooter. Inspiration for this game is based off Space Invaders and Galaga. Multiple power-ups for you to obtain to make your life easier. There are five unique levels with big boss fights at the end. It's a short and sweet and a very engaging little game. The sprites used in this project are now available to purchase with a transparent background. It's super easy to make cool space shooters and animations. You know, I think that description really covers yeah, it. Yeah, it's really, very it's, well. a, it's an asteroid-like. You're flying around, you're shooting... You're shooting other, uh, I don't know, spaceships that are coming down to you. And uh, it took me a second to realize that you could move up and down in it. I thought I was, <laughs> I thought I was pretty constrained to the to the left, right at the base of the uh, the map. And then it was like, oh, you, you go up and end the up. level. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, Grayson, what'd you think? Uh, you know, it's funny because it's such a it's such a simple such a simple game that like it almost feels like like a like a like a proof of concept or like a student game or something yeah, completely and just it's like it's a real yeah you just you fly it's 2d top down you fly around you shoot spaceships but like i played through it twice i was i finished it and i was like <laughs> i was like that was kind of fun you know? <laughs> um there is something satisfying about just i mean it's a it's obviously a formula that's been used over and over again yeah totally something satisfying about it um and i've never been like particularly there's there's a few sections in the game where it gets it gets kind of bullet helly, right? They yeah, say, like, right. There's like a boss that shoots out all the, all the lasers, and I've never been very good at those games, but they are very intriguing, and and it's and and they're kind of, they're fun until you die, I guess. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like a real, you feel like a real badass when you can actually weave through like a couple of lasers. Yeah, like, the rhythm element of it becomes like super apparent too, about like you know like responding to the stimulus in like the right like amount of time and the right kind of order sort of a thing. It, you get into kind of the zone with it quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I, on my end, I really just loved it. It's like, okay, first level, we got this bad guy. Second level, this bad guy. Third level. I'm like, Oh, here comes a new bad guy. Nope. Asteroids. The first, the first, Oh yeah. Third asteroids fourth. Okay. Here we come. New bad guy. Nope, the one and two bad guys yeah. combined. I like that. You that know? Was kind of... I said it. I was like, "This is fun." The level one bad guys, I think, were harder than the level. They two. were like, much, much. It, harder, it much like harder. took so much uh, shooting to like take down those like first spaceships, which I was like, "Whoa!" We just played through. Uh, we just played a game called Switch and Shoot. I think Alex, you weren't um, here for that, no, and that was no. it, it. Very much a like similar vein and so but like every time you hit one of those spaceships uh it blew up right which was kind of like in the second level of this but one thing that i liked about this was that like you could shoot their lasers right like you could shoot the lasers that were being shot at you and blow them up Mm -hmm. and i think that that's like a that's a pretty fun innovation right like where where this like game is like you need to kind of like position yourself in a dangerous place and it takes a lot of shooting to take these things down but like if they shoot at you and you shoot their shot like you're gonna be okay <laughs> that's it, it's it's i feel like these kind of games are always it's the formula is so well established and so and almost just you almost feel like how, how many games could you possibly make based around this but it's always like it's always like this is a this is a, a galaga type shooter and then there's like a big twist to it Right, mm-hmm. or it, it could be like you could shoot their you could shoot their lasers down, or like the other one that I'm I'm really familiar with is uh, Ikaruga, which is like I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but mm-hmm. it's it's a big bullet hell type of game, but you're either like you, you're like blue or red, like your your ship can either be in blue mode or red mode, and if you're in blue mode, blue lasers don't hit you, and if you're in red mode, red maser, lasers can't. Hurt oh, okay. You. Um, so it's like. It's otherwise. It's just you're shooting. You're shooting things and you're dodging things. But then there's just there's this kind of like 
flip color flip element to it that is kind of what defines it that's and cool I, that's, all, that's been my experience with these it's always like all right here's this galaxy game but what's what's the twist that makes this game different than everything yeah else? yeah totally i don't know if this says i mean other than the shooting the thing there's not much of a twist in here it's just there's something to be said about like oh they just they they didn't innovate a ton they just you know really this thing i'm this this game idea already is so well polished and so well established that it almost feels like silly to try to like continue to polish it and like continue to sort of like innovate on it if that makes sense but they did a fine job you know what i mean like this is it was nice to play i think it makes sense as like a a first game to make right or an early game design sort of project (laughs) right like you know what I mean? Just sort of like, oh, yeah, you know, like you're playing, you know that like it's going to be fun and interactive, right? Like, you know that like when you're finished with it, it'll it'll have something there, right? Yeah. Um, this is the kind of game where like, and I don't mean this at all to be, to be dismissive or derogatory, but like this is the kind of game where you feel like somebody who wanted to make a game was like, they found like a game maker tutorial that was like how to make a shmup. Yeah. Know? And then they followed it and it's and it's and it's it, the, the objective is almost like just here's five like make five levels not a long game and just kind of like try and nail it try and make the movement feel right, yeah you know, try and make it try, try and make it a, a nice solid little a little product yeah should we get to final thoughts Let's so what it. we usually do is we sort of give our final thoughts and then uh give it a pass or a play grayson you're a guest you want to go first sure uh i think you know uh Unfortunately, got to give it a little bit of a pass. It's it's hard to say of all the games, I guess, in this bundle, much less whatever other huge backlog of games someone has to 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 play like a, a competent little shmup uh, experience. Uh, what so, is shmup? What does shmup mean? Oh, shmup is shoot 'em up. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> it's, it's shmup. Yeah. Shmup. Um, so yeah, I would say uh, you know, good job, but you know, maybe there's probably other games you could play. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Uh, Alex, you want to go ahead? I'm also a pass on this one. It's charming. It's cute. If you like arcade style games, give it a shot. But you know, this, we, you know, we've played this version before and there's nothing that's happening here that is like so crazy, sexy, cool that like, it makes me want to, you know, come go, come, come on board again. If that makes sense. Yeah, sure. It's fine. It's just nice. It's nice. Uh, I think, I uh, yeah it's a it's a you know cute little game you can shoot uh spaceships and fly around i think after playing switch and shoot it's um the pro- yeah the problem with with designing a game it, like this is is you kind of put yourself up against all of the other games like this and people have been making mm-hmm. games in this genre for 30 40 years at this point and and yeah this doesn't uh it doesn't quite get there um it's cool well done but but i think i'm a pass on it as uh as well so is that three passes does that does it does that does that developer get like executed what is, like... you know unfortunately it means they have to stop making games oh, no. it's yeah <laughs> no we we hate to we hate to do it mm. but it's just given us that power so <laughs> No, no, it doesn't mean anything. We used to have sound effects that I'd play whenever that happened, but that felt like a lot of work, so I stopped. <laughs> well, what really happened is we had all these like cool sounds built up, and then my computer crashed, and we lost all of them. And so I was like, oh, well, it's a sign to stop playing with God. <laughs> um, next up, we had Hollowhead by Rubeki. Uh, the next two games, both by this developer, kind of completely, completely at random. Uh, but this it was kind of fun to play two different games from the same person. Uh, this is an adventure survival 3D first person horror short single player Unity game. Uh, Good Samaritan decides to help a fellow man after hearing a scream in the apartment garbage chute. Things don't seem the same as they used to in the hallways, though. Hollowhead Director's Cut is a first person horror adventure game with PS1 style graphics. Experience a dark, intensely oppressive atmosphere and theme, not just a jump scare mage. This one may stick with you after playing. Lovingly made for the haunted PS1 game jam, now releases Director's Cut with new content, lore, and challenges. Um, we have played not a ton of horror games in the bundle so far. I know there's a couple, but this is probably maybe our second or third, Eric. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we've done like a couple click clicky ones. 
Yeah, that were like spooky that way. And then and then we've done a couple of these sort of like uh, first person, you know, sort of move around through a strange space kind of things. Um, Which is very much what this is. Yeah, and this, this is a this one is this is creepy. Yeah, it was good. It, like was good mood, too. very, very. You know, if if the two having played now two Rebecca games for for this, like Rebecca's got kind of a good feel for mood and tone. I think you know, like up top, the sound design and kind of the light. I thought the lighting was a little too dark up top. Just sort of like it like was too dark on my computer as I was sort of moving around in there. And then, you know, you turn on lights and stuff like that, but like the dark was a little too dark. Like it was just like, I don't know if I'm moving in a direction at some point. Um, that said that like, you know, I, I, I think it's, it's also interesting. I don't, we've, we've played these games that like kind of start in an apartment like a lot of these games, uh-huh. these like spooky surrealist games start in an apartment. And I think that that's like such a funny, like, <laughs> like, you know, like writing kind of exercise where it's like, where am I? I am in my apartment. Let's start in an apartment. <laughs> but like, there is something really, really strange about, you know, like it, being in a familiar space, making a familiar space unfamiliar to the main character and it 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 does lead to like this kind of like very eerie feeling what do you think as you as you played this uh grayson uh so i'll tip my hand a little bit and say like i i mean i thought it was scary because i'm a big wuss about horror (laughs) games um like i just whatever however my brain is wired immediately i'm like i don't like this it's dark it's scary there's scary noises um there were a lot of scary noises. Oh, yeah. A lot of scary noises. So I, I'm like a big sucker for that stuff just because it it, 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 it could even, I'm, I'm, I don't, it could even be a not particularly scary game and I'd probably be like, oh, I don't like this. Um, <laughs> but it is, I mean, it is one of, it's, it's, we, we talked earlier about like these kind of like N64 PS1 style graphics. And like, I think this is a good example of how that style is like a style that you can carry forward. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, it doesn't need to be, nostalgic or or it doesn't need to evoke the mid 90s or something mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. this this was just kind of like just kind of drilling into this kind of low poly environment and kind of because like you'll you'll meet people in it and they'll have like a flat featureless face yeah right? mm-hmm. and it um and yeah no, no go uh, ahead go it, ahead and i think if they had if this were like a like a, a modern game and they had like a fully kind of like modeled like high polygon count face it's a different Mm. it's a different effect than somebody who has just kind of almost like a flat canvas for a face totally um so i I think it 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 really i mean and a lot of i think a lot of horror games kind of originated from this era as well like it was almost like the first time you could make a horror game that actually scared people um kind of like the silent hill sort of Mm. stuff yeah Um, like you couldn't do like asteroids but horror <laughs> like it just like it didn't have there wasn't just enough there in the toolbox yet <laughs> i don't know about you guys but like you know the mood at the beginning was pretty spooky or whatever when this, a little bit of a spoilers right here and uh you know this is probably a game worth your time to play if you like little spooky games it's very small it's very sweet but picking up the flashlight in that thing you know what i mean i was like oh man yeah the way that this this is this the way this looks is scary right now you know and you're walking around and then when i was coming back up the steps after you know going to talk to the concierge guy who like like tips his hands so much oh, yeah. in this weird way he's like that he does that weird he's thing like a, but there's just that dude. guy there's just that guy sitting on the stairs and it's mm-hmm. like that's one way to block off the area <laughs> you know what i mean just put a guy there who's like I'd get out of here if I were you. You know what I mean? It's like so scary that just that idea of like a guy, you can't move past him. He's just sitting there, no face telling you like, yeah, I'd go check this other thing out. And then you go down there and there's no way to go any further. It's just. It's Wait, is there, did you finish the game? I did not. Okay. Me neither. Did you finish got, the game? I got lost. I got pr- yeah. I got lost. A couple <laughs> times. I got lost. It, it, it does become a maze. Yeah. Of uh-huh. Um, which I think it's, it's up for, like the game description, I think even mentions that it's not like it's, it's a, 
the game's misleading about that or or throws in a random kind of maze sequence that's, that's mm-hmm. um but especially for a game that otherwise is like unpleasant to me just because i don't i'm like not i'm it's, it's like this is unpleasant and scary uh the maze section definitely was brought some tediousness to it um yeah that's that was that's, that's sort of too, why yeah. i stopped playing it right i was like i'm it's spooky i'm lost in this hallway i don't you know i can't i didn't have the the patience or and the the sort of like the mechanical aspect of moving through the space wasn't as uh, as like tactically satisfying as like mm-hmm. you know some other games with a little bit more polish on them so it was like okay i'm already a little like you know yeah it's spooky and i'm having a hard time doing this like that's that's enough for me to kind of be like okay cool i've played enough of this to but did you say that you beat it grayson or no no i i got out of i guess the kind there's like a, a kind of intermediate maze area i managed to finish that i was like all right i'm gonna give this i'm gonna give this game an honest shot especially because i was like especially as somebody coming into it already not a big a fan of horror games personally i was like i don't want to be unfair to this i'm gonna give it a, an honest shot and then it just kind of, I eventually hit another kind of obstacle where I'm like, I'm just like, oh, I can't. <laughs> so I, 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 I did YouTube the last like 20 minutes. Totally. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I was like, I wonder, I, I, and I, I say that to the game's credit where I'm like, I do wonder, I was like, I wonder how this yeah. is, you know? I, um, I think it's funny because like the, the thing that I was really liking about it was just the vibe and the mood, yeah. you know, what I came to this thing for was not to have my like little puzzle brain tickled. You know what I mean? So if they had mm-hmm. just continued for that to the place where instead of being like scared, I was confused and like trying to figure it out. And like that totally brought me out of the moment. Like there's a moment when I was like wandering around the maze a little bit and I walked up to this door that's like a spooky door. I'm like, okay, cool. I made it out of the maze. I'm going to go talk to the door. And the door gave me like a riddle. And I was like, I don't want to solve a riddle. <laughs> like, I just want to go through the spooky door to the next spooky thing right now. Don't make me do that. And that's when it kind of lost me a little bit. Should we, uh, should we get to final thoughts? Yeah. My final thoughts on this one. I am a play. I don't play a lot of horror games. So to v- feel genuinely spooked by a game that wasn't Potato Thriller. Uh, was a real welcome experience. Um, maybe I'll go back to it and finish it sometime, you know, to get back through it. But there's like a nice creepy vibe in this. And if you're into that, I would I would dip your toe in. It doesn't seem to take very long. And if you're familiar with the genre, you might like it. Um, uh, Grayson, what about you? Yeah, I, I mean, I'll say it, it's very much like a, a, a not my cup of tea, but I think this is the kind of thing that makes these bundles so fun to play through. Is, mm. is It really is like, it's a nice, solid little moody experience, and I think if you really like these kind of games, maybe you'll play it start to finish. And if you don't, you know, like, play it until you get you're done with it. You know, just and you'll probably have yeah, you know, experienced at least a little bit of the of the vibe that it has to offer. Um, and yeah, so I'll say what an excellent framing of a review. <laughs> say. Yeah, no, this is the thing that makes these bundle games fun. Ugh. Well. it's i'm i'm on the same page as you two guys right i i it was spooky and it was spooky in a way that felt um very very intentional or well done right like this is a designer that is focusing on mood first right and like and maybe some of the gameplay and writing stuff you know kind of second but i think like as far as like you know, an interactive space to move through and like feel genuinely like creeped out by. Like this is this is well done. You should give Hollowhead a, a shot. That's a that's a triple play, baby. Oh, Ooh. from a trip triple pass to triple play. That's the kind of peaks and valleys that you'll get on Bundle Buddies and soon on Yakuza Buddies. <laughs> <laughs> Yakuza Cast. <laughs> Uh, final game, also by Rubiki. Uh, Rubiki, thank you. I hope you listen to this podcast because we played two of your dang games. Uh, this is Hatch, an action-adventure 3D platformer uh, with exploration, fantasy, and first-person elements. Also made in Unity. Uh, the description really cracked me up. Estimated playtime, 30 to 60 minutes or more. Climb by jumping on angled walls. <laughs> that was it. Um, 
So this was interesting. This this one is less. This kind of reminded me of that pack of walking simulators that yes. we played. Yeah, uh, Eric. absolutely. Uh, although, although with a little more intention mm-hmm. and a a goal in it, but the graphics were kind of similar, and the sort of vibe of this weird, like non-real subliminal world was very cool. Yeah. So it's funny that um, that the description of Hollowhead is intensely oppress- oppressive atmosphere when in this game you are actually in an intensely oppressive atmosphere, which is that <laughs> the half sun will kill you if you stand yes, it in will. it for like three seconds. Like it's so fast. It's so it's such a it's I mean like this game is it the the vibe is cool like it's also again the mood is weird you're you're hatched as this little egg you like count come out of an egg you're a man mm-hmm. you're walking everybody around you is dead and there's somebody that's just like watch out for the half sun and and like i feel like i'm in a like <laughs> like prog rock album cover <laughs> just trying to like because i had i had a like I guess maybe this is in the same realm as Progrock. It feels like a like a seventies short like sci fi short story. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Like it's 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 a little it's a little weird and fantastic and not. It's obviously it's not. Yeah, it's like it doesn't feel like there's a, a, a concrete plot or anything to follow here. It's just all very evocative and strange. Um, and I do think that as like a piece of game design, it's like it's weird in that. Your, the two rules are basically like you can climb on angled surfaces mm. and you should and the sun kills you. Yeah. And those are two things where I'm like, I don't think I've ever played a game like that. No. You know, mm-hmm. and and the and for how kind of novel those ideas were, it's just two things that you have to remember really. And they come together in a pretty I thought it was fun. I thought it was a fun game. I beat it. Yeah. I, I got a little You bit beat it? Holy shit. Yeah. I got stuck very early. It on. was it was hard. I it, mean, it was it, it was pretty. Yeah, it was actually pretty tough. Uh, Grayson, I love you coming to the podcast with your incredibly art- well articulated ca- takes, and also you're like, I should give this game its due because I'm a guest and this is the job. And Eric and I are like, <laughs> fuck it, it's hard. I don't like it anymore. Well, I, I'm the same. I'm the exact same way. No, there's, I think I actually I really appreciate our guests like really tackling the the objective because like I think it's nice. It's nice because I do like sometimes with some of these, sometimes with some of these, I'm like, oh, this is it. I'm in it. I'm going to play it. And sometimes I need to just like play it to get the feel for it. Right. right? Like, yeah. because we're playing like three games a week. <laughs> Whereas like, yeah, no, I mean, I think, I, I think, I mean, honestly, I like, uh, I think this is something a lot of people who play a lot of video games have come to terms with is like, you'll have 7,000 games on steam and then you'll have the, the 50 games that were free on the Epic store this week. And sometimes, sometimes it's like, well, I just want to boot this up and see what it's about. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to beat it. I'm not going to, maybe I won't play it for more than 30 minutes. If that, but you know, a lot of times you can be like, Oh, that's cool. You know, I'm glad I saw that. Yeah. And you just move on with your life. Um, do you think having beaten it, do you think we should go back and beat it? Like based on, you know, your experience? I think if you liked the, platforming because it's it's essentially kind of a platform right, right exactly um if you like the platforming i would say yes um instead of floor is lava it's sun is lava <laughs> yeah. yeah um and i kind of i did kind of get into it it's it, it's a weird game it's because it's like you're you're like scaling these like very slightly inclined walls um and and sometimes in very strange like sometimes in very strange ways uh-huh. just having to like leap off a wall and do like a floaty movement around a corner to catch another wall. Um, but if you didn't like it, it's it's just a lot of that. <laughs> it's, it's, and it eventually gets pretty tough in the sense that you're just like, the jumps get a little bit more precise. And it's it's very long. Like it's it's a it's a game where you obviously you climb from a, from the ground floor to like an extremely high height. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then uh, and you, you <laughs> I didn't realize this at first, but there, there's a there's a I think you press R to um reset your position mm. but i got so high that i would if i missed a jump i would fall off and i would fall for like 15 seconds oh god <laughs> it was so it was so high up and i was like i can't believe i have to wait for myself to fall so, like to the bottom of this world before i can like reset and go up <laughs> my just like really have a long time to think about that fucked up <laughs> jump you just did <laughs> it's like wow 
Um, should we get to final thoughts on this? Yeah, thing? yeah. I I'm a I'm a play on this sucker. This is cool. I like walking simulators. If it sounds fun and kind of platformy and interesting, but I'm gonna come back. This is I'm giving the old Alex Hanna promise that this podcast will be a Yakuza podcast in a week. <laughs> And that I am going to play through the rest of Hatch because I I really did enjoy what I did play and I want to keep on going. Uh, Grayson, how about you? I'll give it I'll give it a play as well. I mean, like I said, I beat it. I thought it was pretty fun. It is also, I think, even if you don't like the platforming of it, the the first five minutes of it is maybe the, the game's big kind of overture it's very it's like immediately you're put in this strange situation there's this cool half sun that you're trying to avoid so like even if you're just gonna just fuck around in, in it for five or ten minutes you know yeah it's that that's when it's strongest i think so you can enjoy it and if, if you like the platforming you can play it until you don't and if you don't like the platforming you can go on with your life i guess yeah i think i i'm i'm in agreement with you too i i think rebecca's got got a really good taste for um or Rubikai has a good taste for like, like for the strangeness for this kind of like sort of like artistic mood design. And so I'm, I'm there for it. I, you know, I would like a little bit more, um, I'd, you know, like a little bit more polish on the movement of the character and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But, um, but you know, there's, there's something, there's something there. It's very strange. I got I got immediately stuck in this. You know, not immediately stuck, but like I made it to a platform where I just like could not figure out how to continue to ascend at some point, and and then it, that, like, it like kept maybe uh, like resaving me in that spot, right? Just sort of like <laughs> I was yeah. just like it was as high as I had gone, right? And so I think that that's kind of where it sort of sets your like restart point, and it was just like I just cannot, and and then like so. I think for me that was like, you know, a personal kind of like, all right, I, I, I sort of play these games for the bundle until I get stuck for long enough to just sort of be like, I'm, <laughs> I'm good. But, um, but yeah, no, so this was cool. Rubikai has a game called Lauren's lure. That is, there's a, a free demo you can play on itch.io and it's a moody, a climbing game where you have like two pickaxes that you used to like climb on a wall and like leap and stuff like that. Okay. So that sounds cool. And that also might be kind of an interesting one to try playing on VR. If it, you know, like to have that kind of immersive experience, Oof. can you just play whatever you want on VR? Just like use it a monitor if you wanted to. Uh, so you, uh, yes. And you can, you could project like a flat screen thing into yeah. VR, in your VR cam. It wouldn't, be in vr it would just be, be like you'd be in a virtual space looking at a flat screen yeah uh, totally uh but you could um <laughs> i i have actually played a v, there's a there's a vr climbing game there's a lot of vr climbing games actually because it's like it's one of those things that is immediately easy to do in vr and it's very intuitive of just like oh i can use my hands to climb uh-huh, totally uh, and um they're pretty fun because there's a there's a sense of you get a sense of the height like if you look down yeah you get your, your brain is fooled into thinking you're a thousand feet off the ground. Um, and they're, yeah, they're pretty fun. Amazing. Speaking of pretty fun, Grayson, thank you so much for being our oh, guest. Oh, you crushed yeah, it. Of course. What a, what a blast. <laughs> um, do you have any projects you want to plug or anything coming up? Where can folks find you online? Tell us all the, all the Grayson stuff. Uh, I would say if, if you, if you want to hear more of my, my, my beautiful voice, especially if you like Ben and Sarah on this, uh, you should follow uh, twitch.tv PS underscore Garrick, PS underscore G-A-R-A-K. We we mentioned this earlier, we do Adventure Tuesday every Tuesday where we play through old adventure games like point and click Sierra stuff a lot of time. That's that sort of genre. Um, It's a lot of fun. It's kind of like we, we, you know, we do jokes and we, we, you know, talk with the chat, very interactive, very fun. Um, Yeah, you can find us there. I drop by every now, time and again, and it's always an absolute blast. Oh, very fun Twitch stream. Fuck. I fucked up. We didn't talk about copy editing once this entire show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. And I kept on making that stupid Yakuza joke, too. <laughs> this suck. 
<laughs> Grayson. That's all right. I'll mark up. I'll mark up uh, Alex's show notes. I'll send you. Oh right. hell Thanks. yeah! So, hell yeah! Grayson. Grayson, please, d- please don't do that. I have, <laughs> I have enough going on, man. I know they suck. <laughs> uh what a blast thank you for playing these games and, and really really uh out playing both of us thank yeah. you for like doing our jobs better than we did i really appreciate no, thanks it thanks for having me yeah okay that was great you know what alex i think we're getting very very good at this i wholeheartedly agree eric um, our guest next week is Erin K. Van Pei. She's an actress and comedian based here in Los Angeles. We talk all kinds of stuff. She's a lover of RPGs and grinding, uh, all those fun things. The games we play are Sound Striker by Shift Back Tick, a minimalist abstract atmospheric audio bi- binaural <laughs> exploration nonviolent adventure walking simulator. Forget the Breaks by Farron Bartomeu, an action breaks drifting multi-track rail runner. And I'm bored. Let's explore in parentheses ruins an exploration fantasy adventure game built in bitsy by that guy nm like and subscribe to us on apple podcast leave us a review there please and track us down on the web at bundle underscore buddies on twitter that is it folks sorry for the abbreviated intro but i'm just not that creative and i'm hot in the south uh we love you have a wonderful week talk to you soon